Hey, Kristen. Hey, James. Oh, my God. Did you hear what Megan gave the Queen for Christmas? <laughs> oh, God, you have to tell me. I mean, <laughs> this is just awful. Apparently, it was a singing hamster toy. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. So many kids in America, I don't know if you do this over there, James, but so many kids in America, the first pet that they receive is a hamster. And who doesn't love a singing Jeez. hamster? Oh, my God. I know. But what did it sing, Kristen? <laughs> I... I hope it's saying something like, God save the queen. God save the queen. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Megan was nervous handing that over or Harry was like, nah, she's going to love it? <laughs> Well, Harry, Grandma's well into that. Harry has given her some crazy gifts in the past, so I'm sure that the queen was totally fine with it. Like, did you hear about that one year where he gave her a shower cap that said, ain't life a bitch? <laughs> ain't life a bitch for the queen sat on her throne. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. so hard. She put it right over her crown. She just like took that <laughs> shower cap, set it over her crown. <laughs> Um, we have so much to talk about today, but before we get too deep, should we introduce ourselves? Oh, absolutely. I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royal enthusiast joining you from the States. I'm James Barr, a fabulous British ginger who is also just in love with the royals. And this is when Meghan met Harry, a royal wedding cast. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, do a deep dive into a very pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally, we give our predictions for what we think will happen at the wedding itself. Shall we get into this week's headlines? Absolutely. Let's do it. Right. Well, we should start with the most controversial news. Last week, The Guardian in the UK reported that the leader of the Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead, home to Windsor Castle, where the wedding is taking place, has demanded police use legal powers to clear the area of homeless people before the royal wedding. Okay, so obviously this is not okay, especially considering that the leader, that's the conservative Simon Dudley, that he made it clear that part of this was because the homeless people would be unsightly for visitors. That is just such a disgusting thing to say. And I think we all know, as fans of the royals, and this is our safe space, so get out, Simon. Meghan would not support this. No, absolutely not. She's a human rights activist. She's somebody who's worked very hard on behalf of people who are disenfranchised. And these are human beings. They're not tourism sites. They're not items that you can just throw away because you don't like them. They're not trash. They're humans. Right. And this is not the Dark Ages. And if anyone needs to leave the streets, I think it's Simon Dudley. Yes, goodbye. Who should basically get out of his own constituency because that is just such a disgusting thing to say. So disgusting. And it was all over the news here as well that Dudley thought this. I think he said they're homeless and begging by choice because they've refused help. Ugh, that's a bunch of malarkey. That's not true at all. I mean, I don't think anyone chooses homelessness and I don't think anyone chooses deliberately to be a hostile homeless person. All of this is just ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Absolutely. And all of the people who've spoken out publicly since this letter was released have sided with us. They're on the same page as us, James, that Dudley doesn't know what he's talking about. Absolutely. And I also love the New York Times reporting because they came out saying that the government here had only counted eight homeless people in the area in question. Oh it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, New York Times. <laughs> Next up, Reuters reports that the royal wedding is predicted to boost the local economy by 500 million pounds. And we have some novel ideas for how that money could be used. Maybe they can use that boost to help its homeless citizens, those eight people. Yes, 
Kristen. Yes, there were apparently an extra 350,000 visitors to the UK during the last royal wedding of William and Kate, and they think that it could match up this year as well. £500 million, that's $680 million. Oh my gosh, that's so much money. £200 million is apparently coming from tourism, like travel hotels. About £150 million is coming from the partying. And £50 million is going to come from people buying memorabilia, basically Hagen merch, like hats and (laughs) T-shirts. And I will be spending £10 on my very own Megan 2020 t-shirt. Oh, I'm going to do all of it, not just t-shirts. I'm going to get the tea towels. I'm getting I'm getting all the things. <laughs> I'm getting all the figurines, yes. getting them all. Yes. Oh my god, are they going to be dolls? Because if not, we should make them. Oh, let's make them. Yes. I would love a Harry and Meghan doll. Oh, they would be intertwined because they love each other so much. Mm. I love it. I love it. (laughs) We're so gushy. We're so gushy. I love it. As well we should be. This is the greatest wedding of all of our lives. It's the most important day in all of our lives and theirs. You know, all of the above. So (laughs) brand finance also says that a wedding is worth 100 million pounds of free advertising for Britain. So this is just like a heyday for the UK. Yeah, they should be giving Meghan and Harry, you know, some sort of bonus this year just for everything they're doing to help the country financially. Oh my God, yeah. What do you think we as a country should spend that £500 million on, Kristen? What does Britain need? Well, in addition to helping those eight homeless people who we already mentioned, I think that maybe some of the money can go to... uh, I'm trying to put this in a nice way. Getting a crew together (laughs) of people. Getting a what? Getting a special consulting crew together who can talk Charles out of ever trying to be king. (laughs) We could just pay him off. Oh, that would work too. Yeah, we don't even need the consulting (laughs) firm. We can just like pay off Charles and say, hey, you and Camilla just go off somewhere else. Do your thing. That's such a good idea. Yeah, here's an (laughs) island. You can just leave. It's cool. (laughs) Oh, poor Charles. I mean, he he gave us Harry, but I think it's it's safe to say no one really wants Charles. Nobody wants Charles. Nobody wants Charles. To be king. No. No, we don't. No. <laughs> You're just saying period. I'm saying to be king. <laughs> You're far kinder than I am. <laughs> and we've now learned more details about Harry and Meghan's New Year's, thanks to the Telegraph and the Daily Mail. Apparently, they took a plane to Nice in the south of France, and they boarded first. When I say first, I don't mean first class. I mean, they boarded the plane first and sat at the back near the toilets. Oh, Romance I love that. is alive. I love it. It's so humble, <laughs> and reportedly, it was just the two of them, plus Three very nervous-looking bodyguards all sitting back by the toilet in economy. Love it. Love it. But they didn't just sit in economy. They bought all the seats near them as well. So, so they had a little <laughs> bit of their... They had like their own VIP set up at the back of the plane. With their own private toilet. You know what? That's almost like an ensuite sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they probably let other people pass, though, to go to the toilet, because these planes don't have that many toilets, do they? So uh, I'm pretty sure they had to share their ensuite. Oh, love it. Love it. Megan would be okay with that, though. She's She understands. People need to go to the bathroom. It happens. Yes. And after meeting some friends in Nice, they apparently then jumped on a helicopter and took a short flight to Monaco and partied it up in Monte Carlo. Oh, my gosh. Monaco, which totally makes sense when you think about the last great American actress to marry into a royal family, the lovely Grace Kelly. Megan, you know, it it could be argued, many have said that Megan is in a way following in Grace Kelly's footsteps. I think that she might be doing it even better than Grace Kelly, personally. But it just makes sense that she would be in Monaco, Grace Kelly's, you know, adopted homeland. 
I also love that they got a helicopter from Nice to Monte Carlo because during the film festival, they actually have an Uber <laughs> set up to do that. They have an Uber copter. So I'm wondering whether they had their own helicopter or just an Uber copter. But either way, oh. that is brilliant. They could have got the train, but they went for a helicopter. No, you got to take the chopper if you're going to be in Monte Carlo. And yeah, yeah. If you're Megan and Harry, that's what you're going to do. You're totally going to do that. Today, we're recording on Tuesday the 9th of January, which is the day that Meghan and Harry are making their first big official royal appearance of the year today at Represent Radio in Brixton. It's amazing that they visited Brixton because that's where I currently reside. (laughs) And I'm hoping... Are you going to see them? Are you going to run into them? I hope so. Oh my gosh. I hope you run into them when they're exiting the building or, you know... When you go back home today after this taping. When I'm getting fish and chips at the Codfather restaurant in Brixton, I will be hopefully just, they'll just be literally going past in the car and I'll give them a wave. Is there actually a restaurant called the Codfather? (laughs) (laughs) I think I made that up. (laughs) There's a McDonald's. There's a McDonald's. (laughs) You need to make that happen. You need to make that happen. And you know who is going to cut the ribbon when you open that restaurant. You know who it's going to be. Queen Liz or Megan? Megan, obviously. (laughs) Megan. She would totally appreciate that. (laughs) I think this is such an amazing trip for both of them. They're basically meeting loads of volunteers, staff, presenters, and producers from the program. And it's there to help and train at-risk youth and provide them with a safe environment to socialize and develop and obviously get them into the media as well. And it's the only radio station in the UK that is presented by young people purely. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. We need to bring that to the States. We need a radio station like that here. And I mean, so far, it's been hugely successful in the UK. 4,000 people have gone through the program. There's a waiting list of 3,000 more. And I'm sure that the list will be even longer after today's visit from Megan. And we're recording this as it happens and looking at all the tweets um, coming from Brixton right now. This is my favorite from Becky Lockett, who said, just past Harry and Meghan in Brixton Market. They were in a police flanked car waving to the crowds. I was nipping to M&S to return a dressing gown. Hashtag parallel lives. <laughs> I, really, I really love that. Oh my gosh, oh I my love God. that. All right, finally, my favorite headline of the week. And this makes me regret some things I've done in my life. Megan and Harry mailed out thank you notes to people who mailed them well wishes on their engagement. And I am so regretting that I just tweeted them my well wishes. Why didn't I mail them a card? If I mailed them a card. Well, I mean, we did a podcast. We've got a whole podcast dedicated. <laughs> That's <to it>. true. <laughs> they should have mailed us. <laughs> they should have mailed us thank you cards. I mean, these thank you cards were like the real deal. Let me read to you what the notes read. They said, Prince Harry and Ms. Meghan Markle were incredibly touched that you took the trouble to write as you did in connection with their forthcoming wedding. It really was most thoughtful of you and greatly appreciated. His Royal Highness and Ms. Markle send you their warmest thanks and best wishes. And with each thank you note, they included a photo of themselves from that first photo op of them as an engaged couple. That first photo op when she was wearing the cream colored coat and he was wearing the blue suit with a black tie and I just oh I would have loved to have gotten one of those cards in the mail from them that's like an original print I guess and it's amazing because this is the first time the palace have broken from tradition by writing on Meghan's behalf before she's officially a member of the royal family like so many times during this engagement and the build up to the wedding they've kind of broke with tradition and done something new and I think that is the Meghan effect Oh, I love it. I love it. Just more proof that this is the greatest wedding ever to happen in the royal family and in all of our lives. I just I'm I just love it. 
All right. Well, that's today's headlines, and we'll be back in just a moment with this week's deep dive. But first, a little break. And we're back. This week, we are diving so deep into a very pressing subject. Divorce. Don't come for me. Don't come for me. All right. So obviously, Megan and Harry are never, ever, ever going to get divorced. We know that that's not going to happen. Their love is too strong. And come on, they're not even married yet. But once they are, we know these two are never going to break up because they are perfect for each other. However, there has been a lot of conversation about divorce with this particular marriage, partly because Megan herself is divorced. She was married to Trevor Engelson for two years before splitting up in 2013. Divorce nowadays is really not that big of a deal. A lot of people are divorced, but it's not such a small thing when you're marrying into the royal family. Totally. And I'm not listening to psychics who say they're not going to last. I'm not bringing it up because of that, because I do believe their love is real. But it is interesting that Meghan, although she's not the first divorcee to marry into the family, she is the first one to marry into the family without a load of scrutiny on the situation. Because we all remember Edward VIII, the Queen's uncle, who actually abdicated the throne to marry Wallace Simpson, who was also an American and also a divorcee, though she was twice divorced, not once like Meghan. But this is basically what led to Queen Elizabeth inheriting the throne faster after her father became king, only to die prematurely of cancer, which then led to Elizabeth being on the throne. Because Edward would rather abdicate the throne, which is a terrifying prospect for someone that's actually king, to marry his wife. Like, that's how big a deal divorce was. Yeah. And you know what? I used to think that was kind of a true love story. He'd rather have the woman he loves than have the crown. But then, of course, they ended up being Nazis or Nazi sympathizers. So, (laughs) yeah, we've seen the crown. So true love doesn't actually work for me as soon as the Nazi thing gets involved there. Not into it. Not into it at all. Right. Totally not into that. Yeah, And then, of course, there was the Queen's sister, Princess Margaret, who wanted to marry divorcee Peter Townsend. And, of course, the Queen did not permit that. She was not okay with it. But then Princess Margaret herself became a divorced person when she married Anthony Armstrong Jones, and those two got divorced. So Margaret, poor Margaret, my God, if the Queen would have just let her marry... The guy she loved, Peter Townsend, who was divorced. Oh, oh. But you know what? That's not the only time the Queen's done that. Let's look at Charles, who we brought up earlier, who should never be king. Let's talk about Charles for a second. Yeah. Camilla? Yeah. If he was allowed to be with Camilla, of course, Camilla would have been a divorcee, and the Queen never would have been okay with that, and that's how... He ended up eventually with uh, Lady Di, later Princess But, Di. I mean, if he had, if the Queen had let that happen, we wouldn't have Meghan and Harry. So it's a real tough one, that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, if you're getting at a time machine and you're going back, what do you do there? Because the world needs Harry. The world needs Harry and Meghan. And Diana. Yes, all of those things. And then if you go back in time, we don't get those things. But then maybe Charles isn't so spineless and actually is a well-formed, fully functioning human being then because he's allowed to marry who he wants to. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I'm just like floored by the whole thing and the whole like, and, and how different the Queen must now be about divorce. Like she's almost 
chill about it. Yeah, well, I think she has to be. Half her kids have gotten divorced. <laughs> the whole family's been, you know, a little unstable. And It was in the 90s, actually, that um, three of the Queen's children all got divorces. Uh, Prince Anne finalised her split from her first husband, Mark Phillips. Prince Andrew moved to legally end his union with Sarah Ferguson. I love Sarah Ferguson. And the long-coming separation of Prince Charles and Princess Diana was officially acknowledged. So the 90s was a pretty, a pretty hard time for Queen Liz, but she got through it. Yeah, she got through it, and hopefully she's making better decisions now. And she's letting the people in her world who are in love with who they love be with those people they love. Frankly, the only ones who seem to really do well, Mary for love, look at her, look at Queen Victoria. Both Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria are models of people who married who they wanted to. And if you're allowed to marry who you want to, regardless of whether they're divorced or German or what have you, Maybe the marriage is more likely to work out and maybe the queen finally realized this. I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope that means that Meghan and Harry are going to live happily ever after. Oh, I don't think this is a question of hope. I think it's a question of the inevitable. Of course they will. Of course. Of course they will. And also things have changed in the Church of England. It's now officially revised its position on divorce and remarrying after divorce if your previous spouse is still alive. This happened in 2002 and the church say they don't encourage divorce, but it does now sympathise with the fact that it's sometimes necessary. Okay, it's time for a quick break, but we're going to be back with this week's wedding prediction. We're back and it's time for this week's prediction. Don't forget, we're going to release an amazing and fun bingo board with all our predictions for the big day before it happens so that you can play along at home whilst you're drinking Pims and celebrating Meghan and Harry. Yes, and in the US, that means it'll be six in the morning. Many of us will be wasted, (laughs) but that's fine because we'll be so happy and celebrating this marriage. We'll be doing it. All right, so this week's prediction You heard it here. James and I are predicting that Meghan's mother, Doria, is going to walk her down the aisle during the royal nuptials. And you know what? We know this is getting a lot of debate, but it is going to happen. I really hope Doria throws in a yoga move as she's walking down the aisle. (laughs) Um, Just slips into a downward dog. <laughs> Doria is such a queen, and I can't wait. I feel like she's going to upstage everyone. This is going to be a, an amazing moment. Yes, and of course, there have been conflicting reports around all of this. A source told E News a few days ago that the bride to be is hoping that her mother walks her down the aisle. However, Meghan Markle's bitch older half sister Samantha, of course, has publicly stated on the record that no, Thomas Markle is going to be walking Meghan down the aisle, and. You know how I feel about Samantha. Oh, we know how you feel about Samantha, (laughs) Megan's older bitch half-sister. I've actually got the statement here on what she said, if you want me to read it. It said, buy my new book out now. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it may as well have said that. (laughs) We really do not stand for Samantha on this podcast. We should release another podcast called the official We Hate Megan's Older Bitch Sister (laughs) podcast. (laughs) 
It's coming soon, guys. I think that, I, I think that unfortunately, it would get repetitive, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't. There's so much to hate about There's her. There's so much content. There's so much content there. So, yeah, that's our prediction. Megan's mother, Doria, is going to walk her down the aisle. Oh, I think that will be so cute and feminist. I can't wait for that to happen. Oh, I just love it. I mean, I have to just say here. My own wedding, my husband, he was walked down the aisle by his mother and sister, and I was walked down the aisle by my aunt and my sister. My mother is no longer with us, but if my mother were alive, she would have walked me down the aisle. And so many weddings that I've been to in recent years, moms are walking their kids down the aisle, and why not? That's so wonderful. I just think that whoever walks you down the aisle should be somebody who loves you and who you love and who you trust and who you feel is got your back and is really looking out for you as you take the next step in your life. So whoever that person is for you, whoever that person is, do it. I really agree. And also, like, for me, my mom is the one that gave birth to me. So really, it should be my mom that's giving me away. I know my dad had some part of it, but my mom did a bit more, right? She had a little bit more of a heavy lift, literally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm really excited about this wedding. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. It is going to be so good. I can hardly wait. Thanks for listening, guys. Go roast yourself some chicken. <laughs> what? <laughs> make the, make like Megan and Harry. That's what they did when they oh my God. when they got engaged. <laughs> they were like Megan. They were like, "What? Did, what did you do? How did it happen?" She's like, "Just a normal day. We we're roasting some yes, chicken." Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's right. So, so yeah, go roast yourself some chicken. Thanks for listening. Tweet us. We are at Royal Wedding Pod on Twitter. You can also tweet us at our personal Twitter handles at Kristen Meinzer and at I'm James Barr. When Megan Met Harry is produced by the regal Lindsay Cradlewell. Special thanks also to His Royal Highness, Ryan Dilley, our producer in London. And thanks to Archduke Andy Bowers at Panoply. If you've got your own predictions to share, then please send us an email at whenmeganmetharry at panoply.fm. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a regal review. And tell all your hashtag Hagen watches and Anglophiles that we exist. We love you. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, I'm Chris. Justin Meinzer. I'm James Barr. Bye-bye. Kisses. <laughs> Mwah. <laughs>